You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello, welcome to the 58th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim Hayes coming at you from sunny Gainesville, Florida, where this may be one of my last podcasts from Gainesville, Florida. What? Really? I'm moving. To sunnier climbs? Yeah, you know, my time here ruining the cycling scene is done. And there's green ready pastures. to ruin a new city? There's another fire that needs to be lit. <laughs> have, you, have you started investigating wh- what you're going to jump into right as you get there? Like, what's the current uh, problem that you should tackle? To start uh, race promotion, to, like, chip timing, you know, normal things. <laughs> chip timing is like a problem in the whole country, I guess. Yeah. Um, cool. I'm Little Guy Matt. I'm in Minneapolis. I'm not ruining anything because I don't go to bike races anymore. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I am Spencer Howe. I'm in uh, Boston, Massachusetts, and uh, yeah, I don't go to bike races either, but I'd like to. Oh, really? Cool. Mm-hmm. Wait, mm-hmm. are you the Spencer anyway. Howe that I used to know in Minneapolis, or are you a different Spencer Howe? I went to lots of bike races in Minneapolis. I just don't go to any here, because I've got, I don't know what I've got going on. Nothing. Did you go to a running race? Yeah, I went and spectated a running race. My uh, my girlfriend so, was running a five mile race, and there was um, a lot of hoopla around. It was there was eleven thousand people registered for that race. That's insane. That's insane. That's insane. So, That's insane. So, you're, so you're talking about bike racing. So inside my trusty Ixnay um, invoice, I have right. written a lot of notes that I wanted to get to you. And I was thinking about this last week when we got that wonderful email from Murray. You guys remember that email from Murray? Oh, how could we forget Murray? Murray. Where Murray was talking about how he um, he's still been getting think a lot you're of saying su- that name right though. Where he's been getting a lot of Murray. Is that is that, there you is go. that more? Okay, that's a little better. So so Murray Murray's been getting 16th places in his uh in his bike racing, and I was thinking I was like, you know what? I got to do a little bit of research. So I dug down deep, found my inner results boy, and uh, guys, I am happy to announce that I have some data for us. Okay. Gentlemen, do the numbers 2%, 3%, and 4% mean anything to you guys? They're milk. No, wrong. I take it back. Wrong. They're in order. They're in order. So they are in order. And let me, let me just put it this way. They're USA, USACycling.com has yep. kind of a complete race results resume. Um, for us, the three of us. And in fact, there are some races missing, but it does say since 2005. There's a lot. Spencer. There, there's a lot. Yeah. But Spencer, since 2005, you've done 139 races that have been entered onto USACycling.com. Um, wow. 139. <laughs> and even if you extrapolate that more, where it's $25 a race entry, you've spent almost $3,500 on racing. Oh, God damn it. That's painful. Now, I, I've only have 100 results entered into USA Cycling, and obviously there's a lot missing. 
Um, it does have one of our Oxbows from 2005 as our collective uh, yes. first. Oh, I um, love that race. And then, uh, little guy, you have 165 total races entered. This includes – it doesn't even include the track because the track for a while wasn't even entered on there. Oh, um, God. I found so So, much little fun. guy, that's $4,100 that um, you've spent. Oh, now, God. Now, I, I, I was sitting there and I, and I had a lot of time on my hand, guys. Clearly so, um, cool Spencer – yeah. Do you remember the uh, cross at the Y in 2012? Or do you remember the Torin Huvold Kermes in 2011? Or the third state crit? State crit number two in 2011. Do you remember those? State crit number no. two. That was three events in which you got 16th place nice. over, hey. over your history. Oh, I and do in, remember the, uh, the Torin yeah, state crit Kermes. So, so Spencer, yeah. not bad. That means you have three 16 places out of That's 139 total. That's a 2% connect rate. So 2% of the time, you're right where you need to be. Boom. In fact, Spencer... 98% failure rate. That's, that's on But what's really sad here, Spencer, is that you have seven 15th places. Oh, so close, And you have Spencer. two 17th places. So if you would couple all those together, you would have a 9% connect rate if, if you would have just been smarter and gotten 16th instead of 15th and 17th. Wait, now how many of those 15th, how many of those 15th, 16th, and 17th were actually last place though as well? That's a good question. A so yeah. a, a fair amount. Since Spencer w- went up to the one twos, <laughs> he has a lot of 16th places. So let's move over to little guys. So Spencer, you're at 2%. Not too bad. If you nice. were smart, you, you would have had 9% of your results would be 16th place. Not, not too bad. Um, little guy. Yep. Um, in 2009 at the Spunk Lake Road Race, you got 16th out of 16. Not bad. Good job. I'm happy that <laughs> oh, you finished. That's the I key. That. Um, yeah, you got a 16th of out of 21st at a Ken Woods in 2009. And then oh, you had a. Um, that was my last 10 woods, probably. And then you had a 2010 16 out of 21 at Worth Cross. You had a Baker Orchard 16th. And then you got a crit 16th out of 51 at the State Fair crit last year in the fourth yeah, one of the that season. That was my so best job. result last year on the road. Little guy, you had, like five three, you had three 17th places. So out of your $4,100 that you've spent according to USA Cycling, you are connecting at 3% of the time for 16th place. Better than Spencer, well, not too How many of those bad. did I finish in the top 10? It doesn't matter. I'm only checking 16th place. <laughs> All right. That's true. All it right. doesn't matter. Now, now, guys, in 2007, I got 16th out of 16th in the Bike Club time trial, which is the time trial in which I won the, uh, the head what? wheels that I, still, that I still ride oh, in 2007. Oh, last Spencer. place and won the raffle. That was, that was a well done – that was a well, rookie – Spencer, you were actually the rookie because you got 15th in that time trial. You beat me by one spot, but I got 16th place, so lucky me. I got 16th at Baker Orchard, and then I had a two-year connection connect rate at the Savannah uh, Super Prestige Cyclocross race where I got 16th out of 16 one night, and then the next year I got 16th out of 24. So, guys, I got 4% connect rate, which – Means I'm a better racer than you guys. I have more wow. 16th places. There you go. Um, those are super those are pretty hard hitting numbers, there, Tim. I'm yeah, take have to that. See the data to back that up. Take that I'm results, not sure that boy. They've been uh, peer review, peer reviewed, mm-hmm. and uh, certified numbers here. That's some All big, right, so shit right there. Big mm-hmm. big stuff going on in the world of cycling. Um, yeah. USA Pro Championships. First off. Let's give a congratulatory welcome back to our brand new individual time trial champion on the women's side, Kristen Armstrong. 
the winner. Oh, didn't, didn't didn't she retire? She retired and then she came back. And yeah. she's going to be Didn't another Armstrong do that? Is yes. that just a thing that they do? <laughs> it's an Armstrong. Not related. Um <laughs> I should note that Kristen Armstrong will be representing the United States at the Richmond World Championships where we will be doing a live show um yeah. with special guest Asterix Dan from Nam, Dan Craven uh-huh. of this Europe might Car. Be, might be DJed by Jeremy Powers. Maybe DJ by Jeremy Powers with all benefits, maybe to Tim Johnson's uh, charity. And yeah. so Kristen Armstrong wins the ITT. And then uh, the women's race uh, was exciting to watch. The coverage was fantastic this year at the US Pro. It was all on YouTube. So we got to see um, some really cool things. Evelyn Stevens was the commiserate, commiserate, the awesome teammate attacking off the front. There you go. Um, and consummate. Thank you. And then uh, Megan, she was the commissioner of teammates. Well, she won. Yeah. She won the uh, the first finish of the race. Oh, and she then, did. Yeah, she won the ninja prime. She won the ninja prime. Did she post uh, up? No, she didn't uh, the, know uh, it was the ninja prime. The announcers everyone, knew, but they didn't tell her. Yeah, apparently everyone in the race, in the race, and all the officials and everyone else on the ground knew that there was another lap to go, but the announcers somehow. <laughs> Nobody told them, and they thought it was the finish, and so we all watching it thought it was the finish, and it was it was a really good finish. I I was proud of her for winning, and then she kept going, and I was like, oh, she's crazy. She didn't realize she just won, and then the Victory break went through. Miles. The chase group went through, I mean, and, and they didn't stop either, and I was like, what's going on? And then everybody figured it out. There's a whole other lap to the race, and it was a really good lap, so both finishes were actually really exciting. So you had Megan Garnier. Garnier? Garnier. Garnier taking the win over a close sprint over Corinne Riviera, who I'll have you note, um, I beat in a couple of track races at Kenosha back in like 2006 when she was racing uh, in the 1-2-3s. And uh, holy crap, is she fast. But not fast enough to beat me. And <laughs> <laughs> she she has quite the future of all of the – Ten years ago. <laughs> I know. She's so strong. Corinne Riviera will definitely be U.S. road champion um, someday soon, but Megan Garnier takes the win. And then Taylor Wiles takes third. And then 16th place, Abigail Mickey of United Healthcare. So great stuff on the women's side. Awesome racing. And it goes to show that there is a lot of great things happening in women's racing. And hopefully they can continue to get the uh, the coverage like we got today. And I got to tell you, that lookout mountain climb was pretty awesome. And uh, for those that don't know, there's a vernacular, uh, a funcular railway up the side of the mountain, which I've been on. Yeah. Um, have you been on that one? Yeah, I have. It's, it's a lot of fun. I've been on that one. It looks cool. Didn't uh, you ruin the brakes on the Versa driving down the hills in China? It was actually, it was the uh, Penske truck that was completely <laughs> loaded up and we were going down that hill. It was, uh, it was, so it was a, a serious one. hill. You can, you can work oh, yeah. your brake rotors pretty seriously. That's um, why disc brakes are bad. And then uh, the Kent Street so, uh, wall was pretty awesome on the final short. circuit. It needed to be longer. Yeah, but it still was enough to, like, you know, uh, allow some things to happen. There was some good chalk that got washed away in the rain, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the stream went down, and uh, we were all struggling to find our pirate feed. <laughs> and then we realized it was the U.S. Road National Championships, and our pirate yeah. feed was the official feed. It was uh, the only feed. Uh, but yeah. it was at that time we also noticed that Dan from Nam, Dan Craven, fan of the podcast, was uh, watching the uh, watching the race uh, as mm-hmm. we were. 
just as confused as everyone else as to why the feed went down. So yeah. apparently not not uh, you know a regular watcher of U.S. events. Um, and that was uh, all events. So anyway, of course, good race. The the men's race was won by Matt Bush. Boucher. <laughs> Boucher, yeah. Yeah, there <laughs> and, you go. And Matty Boucher is going to get an awesome Trek Factory Racing Team custom jersey. If it's anything like the uh, Katie Compton jersey that Trek has made, um, mm-hmm. it will be finally a good-looking uh, champion's jersey. And we hope our friend of the podcast, Andrew Roche, has a hand in designing it because um, then it would look good. Joe Dombrowski takes second. But really, the the real racer of the day, I think, uh, besides Talansky, who was in the break, was Kyle Reninen of UHC. Reninen? Yeah. I don't <laughs> sure. know. Kyle. Keel? Kyle. What the? But is he, he, he finished? Kyle Reninen. He had a great. He had a great race. Yeah. Oh. Um. He flatted it at the inopportune time, right there in the finish straight, uh, as they were getting the bell for one to go. Uh, got a little bit of a slow change, and everybody kind of wrote him off. But uh, holy crap, you know, did he come it was, back? He really did. He started moving through uh, the guys that were blowing up. Uh, really, you know, had laid it all out. And when they when they got dropped from that group, they stopped moving forward. So he was able to pick off a lot of guys, and he wasn't really that far back off of uh, Dombrowski either. No, he would have mm-hmm. um, he would have been there for the sprint if it hadn't been for that unfortunate flat. I have to say. And Timmy can't be finished. Another, yeah, another couple of kilometers, you know. Oh yeah, mm. I, Kyle, I apologize for not knowing your name, but someday when you're America's <laughs> most famous and most popular cyclist, I will know your name. Um, mm-hmm. I, I a couple of notes before we get to the big story of the day. Talansky was away for a long time. Um, yeah, attacked on uh, Lookout Mountain, which is a crazy climb. Mm-hmm. And on that descent, uh, Tim Johnson pointed out on commentary. He, oh, by the way, he's really good at what he does on the commentary. Um, yep. you, you couldn't help but think about Taylor Finney, uh, last nope. year with the de- descent and we, we all hope that he comes back soon, but some of my favorite moments, uh, Tim rug rocking the unattached look in the breakaway for a little while there, um, wearing some that search and a, state gear. Yeah, that, that was, was an uh, interesting move. Haven't, uh, haven't seen an unattached rider perform that well since, uh, the 2007, Spunk Lake uh, Road Race, <laughs> in which little guy got 16th out of 16. So, good stuff. I had a team. I had a team at that point. Yeah. Uh, that was interesting. I also want to give a shout-out to the Hincappy uh, team, who showed that they really deserve all of the accolades that they're getting and the race invitations, mm-hmm. and they proved that they are way more important than uh, Air Gas Safeway, in my opinion, placing Absolutely. two guys in the break. And uh, doing are, a lot of great things. The old man got fifth. Two... We're not there yet, little guy. All right. Those are two I didn't teams, know getting guess... get in the break counted for more than fifth. But, uh, well, here's the thing, little guy. No results were. I have never before, and everyone, most people know that I'm a professional wrestling fan. I have never seen a cyclist go from, like, fan favorite, like, where lots of people kind of like the guy, to now the most hated man in cycling in the United States, to the point that people are comparing him to Alejandro Valverde on the Twitter than what happened to Chris Horner in the last, like, four months. Like, there are people now tweeting, live tweeting, like, please, anybody but Horner to win the race. Um, okay. But why? Yeah. Because he's America's most popular cyclist, and... Says who? 
says Chris Horner, who shows nothing but what? humbleness when he's doing interviews on cycling news. I, see, um, I actually enjoy that part of him. It's it's hilarious. He's the most kind entertaining of a, cyclist. No, he's not. Um, Chris Horner is not the most entertaining cyclist in America. He's entertaining off the bike and on the bike. <laughs> sure, but I don't know. At some point... Clean up in aisle four. It's time to move on from Chris Horner, I think. Uh, it's just uh, – it's kind of gotten a little sad. And so when he made this announcement that he's America's most popular cyclist and therefore he should, his team should get entry into the Tour of California or Colorado or whatever they're calling it now um, and some of the other bigger races, it got me to thinking that we should create our own list of cyclists that are more popular than Chris Horner. I was so having trouble with that. I have a list. All right. What you got? Honorable mention. I just got my top five, but honorable mention. Spencer Howe. Front page of oh. Bicycle Retailer News. Was that yep. looking for good. bike racing or for working in the bike industry? I said bike racer, little guy. A little bit more popular than Chris Horner. Other honorable mention. Katie Compton, oh. multi-time national champion. Deserves some accolades. I don't think Chris Horner is that much more popular than Katie Compton. To the average person also- walking down the street. I was also, uh, you know, the number one, you know, pick on roller derby for a while to win uh, Cross Vegas over That's true. Jeremy Powers and Tim Johnson. So That's true. I don't even have I like those odds. Those odds were o- good. Other yeah. honorable mention. <laughs> other honorable mention. Taylor Finney. I bet Taylor Finney um, to most cycling fans is probably more well known than Chris Horner in the United States. Hmm. Um, Jeremy Powers. Honorable mention as well. Probably more mm-hmm. popular than Chris Horner in uh, Bike Racers in the United States. And now to my sure. top five. Tim Johnson. Whoa. Tim Johnson. <laughs> is, uh, in the official picks? <laughs> no, those are honorable mention. Uh, top five. Tim Johnson. He's starring in commercials for VW. Okay. He's, he's starring uh-huh. in commercials for Red Bull. Uh-huh. Yep. So Tim Johnson. Number four. Gwen Jorgensen. Now you have to think a little bit about this one because she is a triathlete, but she is the number one ranked triathlete in the world. And I guarantee more people know that she rides a bike than Chris Horner right now. So uh, Gwen Jorgensen, obviously. And then next, uh, number three, Andrew Talansky. A lot of people know who Andrew Talansky is. Mm-hmm. Maybe I mean, I a little bit is. of a stretch of the high. I still think he's more popular, especially after the uh, that uh, stage last year at the Tour where they followed him for a good 45 minutes as he was 20 minutes off the back. Talansky is going to be the future of uh, U.S. cycling. And then the top two, more popular than Chris Horner, Ted King. He makes his own maple syrup energy drink, and he finds his way onto a Pro Tour team based off of his fan following. Congratulations, Ted King. Um, hopefully Ted King gets to do the tour this year as a, uh, a final farewell and your number one, most popular cyclist in the United States, more popular than Chris Horner, Phil Guyman, Phil Guyman has a amazing mm-hmm. Twitter and Facebook following and, uh, he's more popular. There you go. Facts. I, I think you have a, a few, um, missing from that list that are also more popular than, uh, than Chris Horner. Uh, I, I would venture to suggest that a uh, huge fan of the podcast, TJ Van Garderen, is more popular oh, than uh, could be. Chris Warner. How did how did I forget him? He's going to be mad that I forgot me. him. I don't know. My fa- favorite um, bike racer. You know, more popular with the 
undercurrent, the Twitterati uh, of of cycling, um, would definitely be Adam Meyerson, more popular than Chris Horner. And uh, potentially some of our future hopes, uh, like Lawson Craddock, for instance, or Joe Domboski, or some of those guys. Uh, Logan uh, Loader. We're, yeah, we're on the way up. Logan Loader has a huge result to his name today, actually, in the U.S. Pro Championship. He uh, That's right. finished 16th place, which is, you know, after first, second, and third, is the next best spot. So why finish fifth when you can finish 16th? 16th, you're That's... the guy that gets to hold the bike on the podium. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Gary, so, great Tim, point. I think your point is that you don't think Chris Horner is that popular. Is that your point? I just think Chris Horner uh, has a really big ego and needs to be knocked down to size. Is that he's not Lance Armstrong, he's not Tyler Hamilton, and he's not Floyd Landis. So therefore, he's not going to be that popular. He's not Greg Lamond. Like I believe those, that he and, thinks and that he's very are important. Also more popular than him. <laughs> which is my point. Is that I think he believes that because he raced in Europe, I mean, Hincapie is more popular. Like, he's not, I don't think people are going to flock to the side of the mountains in Boulder to see Chris Horner like the way they would to see Talansky and Guyman. I think that they would all have the same draw. And so to argue that that is why you need to be in the Tour of California and then in the um, Quiznos Pro Stage Race or whatever they call the Colorado one is is a big stretch. And I don't really appreciate it i think it demeans the other american-based cyclists that we have and the ones racing in europe i can see that i can see that i think i think 10 years ago he may have been uh he may have had a stake to that claim but uh no longer so you know uh i also can we just interject into your top list of uh most popular more people more popular than horner um i think fourth place should definitely belong to Tyler Farrar. Um, <laughs> Great point. The perennial fourth place. He should definitely be in there. Uh, ah. I don't know if he's fourth from the front or the back. It doesn't really matter. But I'm a little so, disappointed so that I forgot about uh, um, Chris Horner in there. But you know, or Tyler, Tyler Farrar forgot about in there. Tyler. Yeah, Not I forgot Chris about Tyler. Tyler. A lot of people sure. do. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Let's move on. Well, that's good. Yeah, let's move on. What else do you guys want to talk about? I don't hmm. know. You think there's some sort of stage race in Europe or something? Or do oh, you yeah, want the to Giro. Talk about, uh... oh, let's talk about the Giro. Oh, right no. oh, wait. Let's just follow up really quick on this, um, you know, going from the U.S. Pro thing. I want to mm-hmm. – uh, Tim was talking about how awesome the women's race was and everything and, and how Kristen Armstrong's back. And uh, that's really pretty exciting. They got the uh, – Women's World Cup coming up in in Philly here uh, in a couple of weeks, and then um, after that they get to Nature Valley Grand Prix or what was formerly the Nature Valley Grand Prix, right? Yeah, sorta, sorta, kind of, sort of, don't at all. Now they cited low registration numbers, um, which is kind of crazy. It seems like a rational they- reason to cancel a race, all right? Why was it low numbers in terms of pro teams? Because I guarantee you, if they opened up to like elite women's amateur teams, it would fill up in five minutes. You know, no, they had yeah, elite everyone. women. Elite women were allowed to register, but they only had seventeen people entered at that. So time. how how is it they went from like the previous years? There's probably been at least sixty, seventy women starters, bare minimum. How would they go mm-hmm. from that every year consistently to suddenly no one wanted to show up? Is well, there a competing race? 
There may be, but I, I think a lot of it probably has to do with the, the question mark of if the race was going to happen up until about, what, a month ago? So people were kind of getting tired of not of setting their schedules well, around something that might not happen. Yeah, It's still a month. Out. Like how, how early do you pre-register for a race, uh, little guy? I don't like to pre-register for races, so I try to do day of, personally. Day of is kind of my deal. Or, um, or when the pre-reg closes at the absolute last moment because you put it off I, and put it off. I look, I look right after it closes usually. I, you know, it takes 20, 30 <laughs> minutes to get the computer to turn on and log on to the right. internet. So I, first I got to ask Caitlin to um, get off the phone and then I yeah. got to turn the computer on yeah. and then I look and then usually closed and then I'm mad. So you, have, you have a special set of circumstances here that maybe pro teams don't have, but it's true, but is, I always... I was usually my don't register my race bag. Time's running out. Yeah. But, I mean, imagine, like, think of so every, like, cross I, I race we've ever signed up anything. for. anything. They're like that. Right. Like, think of the big cross races. If you look at Jingle Cross, like, a week before Jingle Cross, the, yeah. the like, pro race will have, like, three people signed up. Yeah. Like, none of the actual pros have signed up. It'll just be, like, me and that, uh, who's that guy that I don't like? Uh, I don't know if you should mention him then. The guy I got in the fight with at Jingle Cross last year. That, yeah, and then whatever. other people signed up. That's it, you know. Yeah. Well, the, so, the problem. Do you think the they problem, jumped the gun here? I don't think they jumped the gun. Kind of. I think that uh, seventeen people registered is probably pretty bad. Even if you opened it up to the amateurs, which they did. I know that they called. Um, friend of the podcast, uh, Chelsea Factor down in Miami to see if she wanted to race and to come up there. But there's just – it's a lot of money to get up there to what? Do yeah. crits? I mean let's also be honest is that this isn't a, a, a full-blown stage race. I mean it's kind of like a crit with a couple of road races thrown in. Um, it's not That's exactly not the most – stage po- race? That well, sounds like okay. a stage yeah. race. It's a stage like race, race but it's not – but it wouldn't be like an official stage race with US with uh, the UCI because of the crits. You can't have all these crits in stage races. Tim, we're America. Mm. Exactly. But the point, the point is is that it's not the most popular race among the pro scene. And we know that for a fact. I'll tell, I'll tell you pro what the problem is, is. Yeah, and you're, you're touching on it a little bit. Is It's, uh, it's a crit-heavy stage race with a couple of road races in there that's you know had some rocky sponsorship stuff but what's really going on is they haven't changed their formula in 10 years at least um whereas new promoters are kind of figuring out what works and uh and new events are popping up like tour of america's dairyland which is right next door in wisconsin which is offering equal payouts for men and women They've got crits and, and all kinds of stuff every single day. Um, and I think What's they're going? I think they're poaching all the riders. I think the, the draw is the going over there. Because I think from a from a standpoint of getting people to come to the races, nobody watches the road races. People come to the crits. So like for them, they have what is their draw to like be like we should be have more road races and less crits. Which is Tim's view, that would be a real stage race and no one would see it. Spencer, what do you think? Because I think I think the the crit thing, as much as you know, we can say it's not a normal stage race so, or something, but it's what people come yeah. to watch. So the what? Who goes to Nature Valley? You know, like do the road race specialists go, or do the crit specialists go? Because 
they're all going to lose time one place or the other. And everybody knows whoever wins the time trial pretty much wins that race. Um, you know, whereas Dairyland, you can send your you can send your full crit squad, and they're going to do well. You know, you're going to win prize money every day. You're going to get recognition every day. So, I think that there's seems like complaint like that's like more, when a team doesn't want to do the Giro because it's too hilly or something. I just that that's like when the little the French teams don't want to do the Giro heard. because there's a team time trial in it, and they're all going to get destroyed. You know, like, well, I know, but you got, you got other days to shine. You can't shine every day unless you're yeah, unless you're when, on the the. The the epo, you're not going to be able to to ride it every day. When it's a when it's a three week tour, yeah, but when it's a five day stage race in the middle of nowhere in Minnesota, it's probably a lot know, of money to get do. there, right? To the gym, I mean, it's, it's a lot of money to get everywhere. I guess it's. I don't see how it's that different. No, I'm saying teams, the amount of money to get to Minnesota when you can go win more money at Tour of America's Dairyland, or after a while, it just kind of gets tired of doing the same race. Um, you know, outside of the Uptown crit and the Stillwater crit, what do you usually get at the Nature Valley Grand Prix? And, and I love that race. Don't get me wrong. That was like the birth of our love for Mm -hmm. pro cycling is that that you have the downtown crit, but there's always like a a rainstorm that cancels a stage. You've got this Cannon Falls road race. that starts at 5 PM in the evening, which is like middle tornado Valley. Like I think if you looked at the data of how many times that Cannon Valley road race actually happened to like the full race, it's probably what three out of the last like 10 years. I mean, it like 40 percent, 30 to 40 has a lot of weather problems. Is it, it is unfortunately like right at the end of our rainy season, you know, they do it a week, two weeks later. It doesn't rain anymore in Minnesota. But why are you doing a five o'clock? If you're a team, why would you do a five o'clock road race on third? Like it just doesn't make sense from a team perspective. And I can see why the teams eventually just kind of got tired of it. It's sad news that the women are not going to be racing the Nature Valley Grand Prix. That is for sure. I'm going to do a shitty one first and I'll look up to it. This is Eric Saunders. You're listening to the Slow Vibes Podcast. Ain't no rookies in here. If we get on to the Giro um, here, we can talk about uh, what's happening. Of course, the big news is Contador um, has pretty much solidified his lead. Uh, Richie Port has gone home. Oh, thank God. Uh, I'm so sick of that All of the sprinters have gone home. And Aru was making some long faces and had the pink jersey for a while. Then now is three minutes down. And Contador is claiming that he's going to save some energy for the uh, tour double. So it's pretty much in the bag. I don't think it's in the bag. I think Landa's looking really strong, and I think if Astana lets him off the leash, there's going to be trouble, mostly for a Rue. But, <laughs> but what about yeah. the other thing is we could have our first Costa Rican uh, Grand Tour podium finisher in Amador. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Is that your first? Uh, currently, cent- currently third overall Movistar rider. Is that the first ever Costa Grand Rican. Tour for a Central American? Uh, someone from Central America or South America? No. Have you mm. paid any attention to cycling in the last year? Yes, oh, you right. have. Nairo Quintana. Yes, you have. You really <laughs> like Nairo Quintana. I know. Or, 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 or who? That was on the podium Oran. last year. Yeah, that's right. And the year before. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure it'd be the first Costa Rican rider on a Grand Tour podium. So if that could happen, that would be pretty cool. That's is he exciting. the Costa Rican national champion? Uh, I don't think he is. That would be a really cool jersey. 
He's just in the movie star kit. Really? Do you know what their flag looks like? Yes, it's red and blue and white. Every, in every flag, flag every, every that's like that's like three fourths of the the national flags <laughs> in the world. You just so, you're just like throwing darts at the wall. So uh, what do we want to talk about here? Um, port cracking, maybe. I want to I want to talk about just a little bit about about Team Sky only backing in English like native English speaking riders. Like those are the only riders who are their like team leaders. And then in a race like this where. Uh, none of their English-speaking writers can do crap for them. It does feel to me like Sky builds up a guy like Richie Port, even though a guy like uh, Koenig has actual Grand Tour results. But Co- he doesn't speak English, you know? Co- Koenig is sitting right the there. I mean, and what I know he's Co- sitting right there. But, like, you went into this race and, like, how much do we have to hear about Port? How much do we have to look on Cycling News? And the top article is, like, Richie Port, man who's never really done well in a Grand Tour has drops his own out. bus. <laughs> or, oh, I'm so Rich, sad. Richie Port has his own bus. Yeah, um, it just seems. I, it I, seems I, I like that. they're just use. They they're always having to like rely back on their hired immigrant labor, you know, to do the dirty work for them. The the problem yeah. with uh with Port for me was uh I like to think that his two minute penalty for accepting the wheel change was actually a conspiracy of the. Uh, Erika Greenedge team for saying, "Hey, Australian, you should be on our team." So then they changed the wheel to give him that two-minute penalty. So wait, did has anyone made the meme yet, or the the joke with that photo and uh, and said that's not a wheel, this is a wheel <laughs> with obviously with an Australian accent instead of whatever I just did. You know, has. You know, it's Spencer, that was way better the second time. Like I like how we went yeah. back for that. Uh, yeah, you just crushed it. Good okay. work. Knocked it out of um, the park. Um, you know, I don't the, think anyone's done that, but I think that's probably something we should go for. So what do you mm-hmm. <laughs> What do you think, little guy? Was it a uh, should it have been a two minute penalty? Yeah, it should have been a two minute penalty. It's it's pretty cut and dry. It's mm-hmm. it's just clear, and I I just it didn't I didn't care. I thought it's, it made it, no sense. I couldn't believe that he took a wheel from another team. Yes. Has he never read the rule book or even or, glanced at it or watched cycling? Yeah, even even I know that wheel, uh, that all. rule. Like I've seen yeah. enough people get DQ'd in cyclocross over that we- rule to to know that for sure, but uh yeah, it didn't make any funny, Yeah, what's funny is that uh, if nobody had made a big deal about the sportsmanship of it, it may have gone unnoticed. Because yeah. they do ride the exact same wheel, both teams, and nobody would have been the wiser. Um, well, it wasn't so on TV. It was only that photo. Yeah. Well, yeah, Port's to blame. I just can't believe, and again, I mean, wasn't there a Sky guy race. right there that could have handed him he a wheel, too? pretty nearby, but I think <laughs> he was standing there watching, yeah. So somebody should have known something. Every year at some point it comes up that you know somebody makes a comment of how Sky – is terrible with their press relations, which makes a lot of sense because they're a press company. Um, mm-hmm. And how they didn't like, they didn't know this happened. They didn't catch this. They didn't say, "Hey, Richie, don't say anything about that." You know, like he did himself in with that. And I get, you know, I don't know. I'm just glad he's yeah. gone because he's not a Grand Tour rider. And yeah. I'm sick of it. It's it's a clear cut and dry rule, and he definitely should have been penalized uh, the two minutes for it. I I I think that was fair. I felt bad for him because you know, hey, that sucks to lose time that way. 
And then he lost two minutes the next day anyway. So then I didn't feel bad anymore. I was like, well, then net zero, right? Um, and then he lost like a half an hour and now he's gone. So, um, you know, all that Twitter excitement for no reason. Yeah. Well, you know, little guy, when tough gets going, the Australians have this uh, <laughs> saying, you know, they just get out of there and, and go do something else. And, you know, ride in support of some other English speaking guy on Sky. Well, because, yeah, he didn't want to stay and support like a like a native German speaker or something, because that would have been weird. Right. So uh, okay. let's do a quick uh, let's do a 16th place stage tomorrow because um, it's the 16th stage of Grand mm-hmm. Tour. Swift Cycles yeah. given out. So if anyone listens to this early, uh, get your picks in uh, now. Um, I'm going with the Gummy Bear, Carlos Betancourt. Little guy, who do you have? I haven't decided yet. I'm having a really hard time. I'm thinking, um, God, I'm thinking Jurgen Vandenbroek's going to do it, but okay. it's hard to commit. Spencer, who do you got commit. for 16th place? I uh, I think the man of the hour, uh, Leopold Koning, is going to pull off the 16th. 16th. Oh, yeah. he's going to be like fifth tomorrow, I think. No, um, I, don't, I don't think so. And let's do a, just, which one of you had uh, Port on his Velo Games team? Either of you? Nobody. 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 Okay, thank God. Uh, let's do a quick update of Velo Games. Uh, Spencer, do you have it pulled up? Uh, we have Bob's Mountain Club uh, currently in the lead, followed by Team Scuzzy and then uh, Team uh, Twisted Trails. Um, Bob's Mountain Club has a, a decent lead right now, but they did have Richie Port, so that could be crumbling away. We'll see what happens here in the third week. <laughs> um, among, among our three hosts... Let's see. I'm down. Uh, there's little guy. Little guy, you're you were in 16th place, but you're maybe a little further back than that now. Tomorrow's a new um, day. Tim, Tim's down. Tim's way down the list here, around 25th or so. Oh, that's all right, Tim. And uh, I am still, uh, yeah, I'm still a couple hundred points ahead of you, little guy. Uh, right. I think I'm in solidly in uh, 11th. Knocking on the door of the top 10 here in the league, uh, which should close it out for me. Four for four um, in our in our fantasy leagues. But not only that, but four for four, Tim in second, uh, little guy in second place, and four for four, for Tim in third place, which I <laughs> think is Contador? the most exciting. Do you have Contador? I have Contador. You have Contador. How are you doing so poorly and you have Contador? Spencer, you have Aru no. probably. <laughs> I do. So, anyways, Jiro, right. watch it. Enjoy it's gonna it. be amazing. Third week, it's gonna be yeah. amazing. It's gonna be good. But Contador is still gonna win by five minutes. It should. No, it'd be interesting. Landa. Yeah, I it's think we'll be, see a lot of. Uh... Oh, are we yapping too much about bike racing on a no, bike yeah. racing podcast? No, that was the si- little guy. Some stage wins. Look at that was the symbol for the news yeah. desk. That's the symbol for the news desk? Like a bird flying above your head and then shooting at me? Breaking news in the news desk. Super rookie, take it away. Hey, guys. We got two awesome emails uh, at the slowridepodcast at gmail.com that I thought we would uh, uh, mention. First off, from Zach. Just wanted to drop you guys a line and say that you're my favorite podcast. Oh, thanks, Zach. And that's saying something considering you're up against podcasts that I listen to that have actual budgets so keep up the good work and then that got us to questioning you and i how uh, did he know our budget 
<laughs> the three of us. Well, judging by the connection of your phone right now, Spencer, and the quality of our microphones, um, it's pretty <laughs> obvious that uh, we have zero budget. No but we're working on this, guys. We're working on this. Um, so that being said, it is a little sad that we're his favorite podcast. And Zach, we can recommend some podcasts for you. Um, the, uh, the 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 first podcast I'd like to recommend to you is uh, uh, Being the Best You Can Be, which is a podcast from Chris Horner. Um, it's a fantastic uh, um, self-help podcast. Really, <laughs> that sounds like a great podcast. Uh, and then also uh, the podcast from My Brother, My Brother and Me is a favorite of ours. So start listening to that. But uh, thanks yeah, for – can I tell you about the podcast idea I had the you other day? The, you could check out Fat Bike Radio. No, don't do that. Don't do that. I've got a new podcast. <laughs> it's going to drop soon. It's going to be called Matt and Matt uh, Mechanic Show. It's going to be about five minutes long. It's going to be four minutes of me talking about um, all the things I tried to do on the car. And then uh, I'll step aside and one minute Matt McDonough will sit down and tell the people how he did all the things it took me five hours to do in about 25 seconds and then the show's over it's gonna be a really short podcast it's gonna be really good it's gonna be a popular podcast i think so and and, uh we got another email from uh phil robinson who uh his velo game team is not doing so well it's spongebob square peddlers and he had to say hey slow riders i admit to come to this show a little late but after clicking the facebook link and listening to the meyerson and then the bruno roy episodes I went back to the beginning and have listened through all the shows. And then in parentheses, should I admit that? No, you should not admit that. Um, Thanks, though, Phil. (laughs) Uh, Happy that you're laughing several times in each episode and keep up the good work. In fact, I like the podcast so much. I uh, wrote it as a must-listen on his his own personal website, which, by the way, was a fantastic review that he wrote about us. I was very impressed, and the thing that uh, stuck out to both uh, uh, the, or to all of us, but I know Spencer tweeted it right before me. Uh, he goes, uh, "Such is the magic of art." That said, three former bike messengers and alleged friends gather weekly to discuss the state of professional psych <laughs> racing in North America, like Europe, and beyond. So there you go. Uh, thanks for the great emails. You can always email us. You can also find us on Twitter um, at the Slow Ride uh, Podcast, which. Our tweet of the week comes to us from uh, multi-time national champion Pete Weber, who, when responding to Chris Horner being America's most popular cyclist, he wrote, what an ego. Come on, dude. Get real. And effing, give back for effing sake. So Pete Weber, not really a fan of Chris Horner, it seems. Seems that way. Honorable mention for tweet of the week at the Slow Ride Pod is Matt Allen follows you. So that was nice. Thanks, Matt, for following us. I had accidentally unfollowed. I didn't know. I don't know how or why. I just realized one day I was like, I don't. I don't ever see the podcast in my my Twitter anymore. And so I I I looked into that. I had my people follow you for me. <laughs> and then the final uh, honorable mention tweet from Toby Works at Toby Works. Uh, Ugh, the echo on the last 10 minutes of episode 57 was too much, guys. Had to turn it off. We're sorry for that. We're working every day to improve our quality product and with new microphones and a new recording system. Soon, we will ha- be glitch-free. So, guys, the big finish. Let's let's wrap it up with one of the articles that uh, you both sent to me uh, from our one of our favorite uh, news uh uh, websites, the inner ring. So, uh, Spencer, do you want to talk a little bit about this article and then, uh, some of the, uh, 
important parts about it. Sure. Um, this is an interesting uh, you know, topic that he delved into here about uh, pay uh, versus your nationality in pro cycling and how uh, um, a lot of the English speakers in a lot of the popular countries tend to make a lot more money and get jobs a lot easier than uh, some of our Eastern European friends um, yeah. and uh, some of our, uh, you know, other up and coming uh, cycling countries, which, you know, kind of sucks, kind of seems like it makes it uh you know, tough for for somebody like our friend Dan from Nam, uh, for instance, to break into the pro ranks and uh, and to make a splash and to be able to earn his living uh, doing something that he loves. So, um, you know, it's a little bit eye opening. Um, you know, it's maybe something you kind of thought in the back of your head all the time, but uh, to see it laid out the way it was was uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, I think I think it was a really good piece. People should go check it out. It was from what, four or five days ago or something, but um, really interesting and definitely feel like it, it comes up every year when you see uh, riders working for other riders and you know some of those workers are uh, strong enough to be leaders on other teams, but it probably pays better to be a worker on a team for a bunch of English speakers than it does to be on uh, CCC Polska riding for yourself. Unfortunately. Well, and like you were talking about earlier, you know, with Koenig and then uh, Port as being yep. a prime example here. But this also goes back to a couple weeks ago with like, I still can't understand why Gaiman would go to, like, had to go to Optum. I know for money and whatnot. But you think with the following that he's got on the Twitter and the Velo News, that that is what these teams are really looking for. And he talks about that in the Inner Ring article, or her. I guess we don't know if it's a male or female that runs the, yeah. the website, but where they talk about. The importance of running that um, social media marketing and really getting your name out there so then you're kept. And and that goes hand in hand with – Spencer was going with Dan from Nan, Dan Craven, who is near the end – is at the end of his Europe car contract. So this is his last year. So he's trying to ride into a contract. Um, and here he is from Namibia who doesn't have you know probably the, the market capital to buy a ton of bikes from Colnago. So maybe Europe car isn't exactly uh, – going to be looking so uh, kindly at him, at his uh, skills, which is kind of sad. So that is why it's our job, Slow Ride Podcast Nation, to uh, continue to tweet about Dan from Nam and get his followers up so he gets signed somewhere. Mm -hmm. True. Basically, it's his profile. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to do our part by getting him on the uh, the live show uh, in Richmond. You know, assuming he shows up there and assuming we can convince him to come out at 10 p.m. Uh, about a day and a half before his race. Um, so, you know, fingers crossed on that. And on that list of uh, contract-free riders right now, there's something like 500 pro riders without contracts, which is yeah. incredible to think about. And then people wonder, like, when the local guy that's the Cat 1 superstar winning the <laughs> local group rides isn't getting the pro yeah. contract. It's like because there's always yeah. someone faster and there's a lot more people faster with yep. some experience that are without contracts. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. There just aren't enough spots. There's more there's more fast people than there are spots. Yeah. So another way. Oh. And as long as uh, America's most popular cyclist is still around, there's one less spot for uh the local Cat One mm-hmm. superstar. Hey, we'd like to thank everybody for listening, tuning in. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks to BK1 of Rhyme Series Entertainment for his song, Tema Do Cannibal, off of the tr- album Radio Do Cannibal. 
Thanks for all those tweeting at the Slow Ride Pod. And uh, subscribe, review, you know, let us know what's going on. Remember to always wave, and uh, we'll catch you at the next cafe stop. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Thank you.